we don't just assume an identity when we become women, right? I think it's a process, well, science would say it's a process that happens across the lifespan that we're ever evolving. And we first get to understand um, who we are by how we relate to our parents Hmm. and how our parents relate to us because they tell us who we are. So in some respects, identity has to do with um, who we are, whether that's good people or gifted people or valued people or loved people or not. Mm. And again, that message comes to us from how our parents treat us. So to the extent that we have parents who are warm and receptive and provide healthy boundaries for us, then that allows for us to have healthy identities, healthy views of ourselves. And Mm. I would dare say a healthy self-esteem, right? How we view ourselves. Hey girl, it's Marisha Franklin, your host and founder of Wife Life. I'm so glad you stopped by to join the conversation today. Here at the Wife Life Podcast, we are dedicated to connecting you to godly wisdom and practical tips that will help you in your own personal wife life. So listen, as we get started, I encourage you to join the conversation with an open heart, open mind and listening ears so that you can receive as much as possible. All right, let's get started. Hey, it's season two, episode two of the Wife Life podcast. The theme for season two is becoming. Of course, we're playing on the title of Michelle Obama's book, but we're hitting it from a different angle as it relates to identity. Today, we'll be talking to Dr. Ferguson about the evolving wife. Dr. Chantel Ferguson is originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. She has been married to Brandon Ferguson for 23 and a half years. They have five children together, ages 10 to 18, and a five-year-old golden doodle named Brax. Dr. Ferguson attended the University of Missouri, receiving her master's in counseling psychology in 1998 and later receiving her PhD in 2016, also in counseling psychology. Currently, Dr. Ferguson, in partnership with St. Louis University, teaches a dual credit course in psychology at Summit Christian Academy. She is also growing her private practice simultaneously. Now let's see what Dr. Ferguson has to say about our identity evolving. How would you address a woman's identity after she's married as it relates to becoming one? Yeah, isn't that kind of cool, Beans? I I think that's a a wonderful thing to consider because I think sometimes when people get married, Mm -hmm. they think they have to die totally to themselves in submission to their husbands. And I think we get a negative connotation of what submission is. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not a total dying to self. Um, You do fall under the leadership of your husband. He is the head Mm -hmm. and you are the neck. A body (laughs) cannot exist without a head. And a body cannot exist efficiently without a neck that's a limited head because the the neck allows the head to pivot from the both they're needed so all that to say is that in healthy relationships um both people have to show up it's interesting when um the word and science Mm -hmm. coincide they don't always but when we talk about healthy relationships and how we see ourselves and how he calls us to exist boy that's kind of cool beings and oftentimes we don't say um, you know, in psychology and God said, and the word says, you don't talk like that, Right. but you know, truth is truth. Truth, is truth, truth resonates, you know, truth just resonates. And if I have a healthy view of myself and I bring, I have to bring that it's part of who I am into any relationship without being quiet about it. Not that I want to overwhelm and I don't want to underwhelm. I want to be me and leave room, have room and leave room 
for the other person to be fully armed with who God has called them to be with all their giftedness, with all their areas for growth. Yes. Um, Cause they complement each other. There is a fitting that happens. All of you fits with all of your husband, whoever your husband is on purpose because who the Lord calls together, he does so that he might be glorified. Yes. So in all that your person encapsulates and all that your husband brings, they compliment, it complements each other. So it's imperative in order that God be glorified and that you do the job that he's called you to do is that you show up. You be all that God has called you to be and recognizing who you are and whose you are. I love that. I love that. That is so true. And, and I believe that we do a lot of times get a negative connotation with the word submission and what that really means. And, you know, I love how you explain that you fully show up as who God has called you to be and your yeah. husband fully shows up the who God has called him to be. And neither one of you have to diminish who you are. No, no. It's just learning how that fits together. And that's Absolutely. where submission comes in because Absolutely. God calls the body of Christ to submit one to another. Absolutely. You know, when I think about Proverbs 31, Mm-hmm. And okay, it's like, Lord, what do you want us to, to glean from this? This idea of not dying to myself such that I don't get to be Chantel in my mm-hmm. relationship, my funny, quirky, moody self, you know, <laughs> and the Lord is, is tweaking and shaping and, and redefining and sanctifying me. So I'm not so moody and yeah. all the other sinfulness that I bring, you know, it's, to my relationship. Absolutely. I, but I've, I've gifted you a certain way and yeah. your husband needs you to be all of that woman. That's and good. so you think about the Proverbs 31 woman, she didn't check anything off. That brother shined. He was able to shine in the gate because of who she was. That's right. You know, she was gifted as a cook, as a seamstress, as a businesswoman, as a gardener, as a manager of finances. This sister had it going on. And you know what? He was resting in the gate with the boys because she was handling business. She was not, she, so all of that giftedness came to bear in the relationship. She didn't sit quietly and let him lead air quotes lead, (laughs) right? They partnered. This was their partnership. And so as I imagine that as the head of the family, the head of the relationship, you know, he probably had the final say, but it wasn't going to be without her contribution. Absolutely. I love that. I love that word contribution because sometimes we can be mistaken to think that, having a head means that we don't get to contribute or mm. sometimes the head could feel that way, you know, sure, yeah, that but I, that I am the head and this is how things should go, you know, mm. or maybe you're, you may feel your contribution is not um, warranted or it's not, it's overlooked, you know, yeah, maybe, that's... maybe you have contribution, but it's, it's not regarded as important to so the final decision. Do... What do you do in those kinds of country in those kinds of situation? For me, I would advise the woman to first pray mm-hmm. and to talk to the Lord and say, okay, now how does the Lord see you? And mm-hmm. how do you know? So you need to be able to identify in scripture. And again, part of that might be debunking some of the lies that were communicated early on in life. Mm-hmm. And maybe even that they were confirmed by poor experiences and failed relationships and other life failures that that made or cemented the thought that I am not worthy. Mm-hmm. I am not valuable. I don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And so when we consult 
what the word of God has to say, we see perfectly that there is a complementary um, relationship. There is a uh, partnered relationship. He can be no more efficacious in this life without you than you can be without him. Yeah. Y'all need each other on purpose. And that's, it's almost like, I mean, he, we are a direct reflection of the church and Jesus, mm-hmm. then that's how we need to be living. You know, the, the, he, he died for his bride. Yeah. And she, and she lovingly submits to him. Mm. So it's a perfect relationship. That's good. What would you say in regards to our identity and it reflecting to our daughters? Oh, wow. Oh, these little people who are looking at us. There is, and I love that question, Marisha, because I think about um, a couple of things. One, how learning happens. Mm-hmm modeling how we naturally model and how um, our children will assume the postures that we have and replicate the behaviors that we produce. It's a part of the brain called mirroring neurons such Mm -hmm. that when, when people observe someone performing a task, Mm -hmm. they can feel um, the efficacy of performing that task without even having to do it in person or practically. This is what I mean. When you learn how to um, use a vending machine, nobody mm-hmm. has to walk you through the steps. Yeah. You just watch it. But literally what's happening in your brain is there are neurons that are firing, demonstrating like you're walking through it yourself. Each step that is happening, you pull the coin out or the dollar out, you insert it, you observe what your options are. You push the button. You all this is happening in the brain, hmm. such that the next time you go to a vending machine, you know how to use it. Absolutely. Well, we we do that with our daughters. Hmm. Well, they do that as they observe us, how we respond to stress, yeah. How we engage in relationships, how we take care of our bodies, how we care for our families, how we um, engage with our spouses, whether we say it directly to our kids or hmm. not they're watching and they're going to emulate, they're going to replicate, they're going to practice what you would lay it out for them. So you think about the weight of that. Yeah. Lord Jesus, help us, help us to look like you on a regular and arrest us when mm. we don't, because even as we make mistakes and we say, I'm sorry, it's okay if our kids here, we need to say, I'm sorry to our kids. Yeah. But when they see us humble ourselves, that's mm-hmm. also helpful. It's not about yeah. living a perfect life. Yeah. It's about living a life dependent on Christ. And when he shows us who we are, when we're distant from him, mm-hmm. we repent, we humble ourselves and we, we repent and we make right. And so that's rich to me. That's rich mm-hmm. to me. And it, it relieves the burden of feeling like I can't do anything wrong or I've already messed it up. Don't even worry about it. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we can fix that. Yes, I <laughs> love that. Yes. I love the redemption power. And I'm so thankful that you mentioned that because as you were speaking, I was like, oh, Lord, you know, and I mean, like, oh, Jesus, you be a human. I know. Human? Right. <laughs> and just just understanding the redemptive yes. power of Jesus and yes. how we are mm. flawed and we will make mistakes. But as we continue to submit mm. to him and allow mm. him, I love the word you use, arrest our thoughts or whatever it is that we're doing the that lies. is not in line, the mm. lies, arrest the lies in our mm-hmm. actions that are not in line with who he called us to be, there is hope. There, there is, is hope, hope for the next generation, you know, and oh, that's yeah. where we can stand firm to know that our past doesn't necessarily have to be our future. 
No, it does not define us. Praise God that it doesn't because we have a redeemer who lives. We have a redeemer who lives. So what would you say to the woman that's struggling in this area? What practical tips would you give her? Hmm. Did you see what I just did? I was like, breathe, breathe a Mm -hmm. deep breath and really pray. I cannot stress enough the importance of praying and being in, in God's word. And then I would think again, partnering with a, a, um, a professional to be able to explore your own history. Um, where is it that you, as you assess your thoughts, is this a, a true thought of myself? Is this an accurate view of myself? And where does it come from? Mm-hmm. So to the degree that you can confirm, oh yes, this is rooted in God's word. That's got to build your confidence. That's got to make you secure in the notion of whose you are, who you are and whose you are. And then to be able to advocate for yourself with your husband, he can't read your mind yeah, and he can't know where you are unless you're articulating a way that he can hear mm-hmm. what you need and what you're walking in and, and, and feeling what you need from him. So prayer, being in a word, exploring with someone, assessing for yourself. You heard me say previously that, um, that I'm a cognitive behaviorist. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a, conne- a connection between what we think and how we feel and then how we move. And mm-hmm. so if I'm thinking inaccurately about Can you myself, say that again? I want to make sure, sure I catch that. There is a connection between how I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, what I'm marinating myself in mm-hmm. and how I feel, how I see myself, whether um, I'm feeling joyful or mm-hmm. sad, whether I'm feeling free or bound. Mm-hmm. And then how I move. So cognitions affect feelings, affect behaviors. Okay. I was doing some um, perusal of research. You know that as a psychologist, I'm not going to tell you what my best answer is. I'm going to look at the research. Mm -hmm. And recently, last year, there was some research that looked at African-American women and their help seeking behaviors Hmm. um, in relation to how they see themselves. Oftentimes, African-American women adopt the idea in this study, over 80% of the the, uh, participants, Mm -hmm. that's statistically significant, (laughs) 80% of um, participants said that they adhere to um, the idea that they should be strong Mm -hmm. and that they should be able to uh, be resilient no matter what comes their way. Yeah. And, And that they should be silent about their needs because they should be able to handle whatever comes their way such to the extent that they don't ask for help. Wow. And when, when we behave that way, even when we statistically are, are demonstrating um, up to 10% more distress than our non-black or non-Hispanic counterparts, we don't ask for help. Mm. Now that's sad to me because then it's like you suffer in silence and the, the incidence of anxiety, the incidence of depression significantly increases because we believe I'm supposed to be a strong black woman. I'm supposed to be the backbone of my family. I'm supposed to not have feelings, really. And, yeah. th- and I better not articulate my need. And mm. similar, similar kinds of findings um, were identified with Hispanic women. Mm. And with Asian women, that whole idea of silencing, being quiet and not articulating um, or being able to step outside of the 
the idea of this is what I'm supposed to be. This is who I am supposed to be dictated by society, Hmm. dictated by the demands of, of, of life really. Yeah. So that's kind of hard, but you think once we recognize, okay, this is at play and wait a minute, this is not healthy. Therein lies the invitation, an invitation to say, okay, well, what's true here? And father, what do you say about who I am? And yeah. what, what is my next right step? So That's good. What resources would you recommend? Um, you know that I like the book of Psalms. I'm yes. always going to be in Psalms. <laughs> I love I it. Also, I also like music. And many of your listeners may have heard of um, Johnny Diaz. And he does this song, There Can Never Be a More Beautiful You. And it just talks about how we don't have to submit to the dictates of society about who we are Mm -hmm. and that inherently God has made us beautiful. God has given us value. Even when the message from our parents and families of origin are different, Mm -hmm. even when our experiences dictate that that is not true. God's word says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So music can be Mm -hmm. uh, outlet God's word. Of course. And then I came across a book called Hello, Beauty, and then Full. Yeah. Hello, Beauty, the word beauty, and Mm -hmm. then full. And then again, it encourages women to see themselves in light of Christ. And that Mm -hmm. book is by Elisa Morgan, E-L-I-S-A Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N. The other thing I was thinking of was Desiring God Ministry. Um, John Piper is the founder and he, he's an excellent Bible teacher. And on his website, there was an article that I found. I want to say it was written in 2016 about the call of the woman, of the Christian woman, not to find or to correct um, her view of herself. It's not about a poor self-esteem as much as it, it is about finding awe and God that we should, if we are awed by who he is and as our creator and as our father, it would naturally lead to um, a valuing of ourselves and an appropriate or healthy view of ourselves and others. They not focus on ourselves because um, we get stuck. Yeah. The, the, the finite um, broken and all of us are broken. None of us is perfect, mm-hmm. but when we, we look for peace, we look for stability, we look for value and meaning, we have to begin with God and not with the self. That's good. So, so what, what last words would you leave us with? If you could just leave us with a statement or scripture, whatever, what would that be? There can never be a more beautiful you. Aww. God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The invitation is for you to believe your father and to arrest the lies. So I love that. Arrest the lies. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, Dr. Ferguson, this has been a joy as always. You hit us oh. with so much, so much to think about and so much truth and connecting it to our real world experience. And that's just yeah. invaluable. You know, I mean. It's invaluable. So I just, I'm gracious for you taking the time to prepare and come on the Wife Life podcast and just share your jewels with us. Girl, listen, that was good. I'm so glad you stopped by today. If you enjoyed this episode, 
subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Spotify, whichever one you're listening to. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cherish Wife Life. And just so you know, we release a new season of weekly episodes every other month. If you haven't listened to all of season one, make sure you go back and listen. All right. Until next time. Talk to you later.